This is our last uh, topic. It won't be the last lesson because there's no way uh, in Greenup that I can finish this in one lesson. And so uh, I have studied far too much or read far too much in the last few days. To I find this extremely interesting. You may not find it interesting as I have, but uh, this is how we, how did we get to where we are today? And that is the question we want to answer. Uh, interesting, if, you've, if you're in your book, I'm on 119. They ask you, the first question is, uh, uh, have, when have you brought two things together that cause a disaster? When have you ever brought two things together that cause a disaster? And you're willing to share it. It doesn't have to be long, just like... Uh, dad and his, I think my, dad, my bro, dad's brothers would take, literally take two cats and tie their tails together and hang them over a fence line. And that was a very, very mean, mean thing to do. So that was disaster. Her neck, she ran through a door uh, as a child and hit a, and fell back, hit a window and fell back. And it was really a disaster for her. My mom fell off at her porch there in, outside of, of uh, Richmondale and it hit her, landed on her back and was never the same. She had that scoliosis, 73% scoliosis when she passed because she landed on her back. A fire, you put fire onto, or you put water onto a grease fire. That can be a disaster. If you're trying to start your fire out behind your house and you throw gasoline on it, if you're not careful, it can be disastrous. Don't encourage you to do that. A lot of different things can be disastrous. My uncle Eddie was practicing his quick draw and shot his foot because he shot before he pulled the gun out as my mom's brother, Uncle Eddie. And so that was a disaster. But when you take two things sometimes, is it vinegar and soda that make the real bubbly stuff? Is that right? Baking soda and vinegar? That can be a disaster. And so, so the question number two is, if you're still on 119... What would you say if, I, if someone suggested the church and the state ought to be brought together in perfect harmony? What would you say to that? I like all those answers. It'd be a disaster. But you must understand and how we get to where we are today and the people who do not have the fortune that we have had, uh, that we have now. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, I want to make some disclaimers before we get started because of the topic of, of separation of church and state. First of all, I'm not teaching that Christians should not be involved in the government. They should. We should be praying. We should be involved in the government. I'm not teaching separation of church and state. I'm not teaching that. Uh, how, how we have come to believe why we keep the church and the state separate, how we got to this point is what the whole purpose of this lesson is. Uh, and why should we not then, uh, why should we, why don't we have a church state or a state church? By the way, when America first, Maryland, Maryland, what church do you think led, was over Maryland at one time? Almost every single state colony in America was a state church at the beginning or had a, it was a church state, had most like a state church. State church is this, you must pay taxes to the as you pay taxes, it goes to the church, or and that's so you had to pay your taxes. This and so that we don't we must stay away from that. Why is it? And then also, by the way, separation of church and state is most oftenly most often abused by those in the media who have no idea where to find it. You do not find it in the Bill of Rights. You do not find it in the Constitution of our own land. You find separation of church and state when Thomas Jefferson was alive they would have church services inside the Capitol building. And so he wrote a letter 
where that phrase, separation of church and state, is found. So now it's been taken that, and now it's like, well, you need to keep the church out of the state, have nothing to do with the state Christians. And that's just not what he's saying at all. He's saying there's a place, you know, be careful. What, the, what that really is for in America is that keep the state out of the church. That's why, that's why we have it in America, is to keep the state's fingers out of the church and to keep the church's fingers off the state as well, but particularly keep the state out of the church. And so I'm saying all that as a coverage. So we're on the same team. This book is on the same team. I just want us to get to where, how do we get to this? Why do we believe as we believe? And who paid the price that we can have the beliefs we have today? And so that's the whole background of this lesson. I would like to start with Scripture. And we're in Romans chapter, you don't have to roll your R at all, uh, Romans chapter 13. And it's like sort of a, a, I don't want to say a taking off point, but we may call it that. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. And I am thankful for those who are the policemen and, and all, and those who are the deputy sheriffs, the sheriffs, and I'm thankful they are standing in harm's way for us. They're not a terror to good works. As long as you stay under the speed limit, most likely you're going to be okay. Uh, wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do not that, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake, etc. And you can read the rest of that. But the principle is there is God has established government authority for us. I was thinking also of the text. If you want to just turn over uh, to Matthew chapter 22, we find also an ancillary, uh, ancillary uh, extra, another account of that in Mark 12. But let's just do Matthew for the moment. Matthew 22, 17. You probably know where I'm going regarding... This, Matthew 22, verse 17, says for us here, if you found it further with me, I found 17. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They said unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So God has set up for us a governmental system that is to be for our good, and for those who, who go against it, there should be just and due punishment. There, we have what's called the rule of law. Now, I will have to say to us, if you want to look around our own nation at this point in time, that is being tested to the limits like we've never seen before, likely. I'm not going to go in, obviously not... But the rule of law is there for us, and so we have, there should be a due process. In India, the process is different. You are guilty unless someone comes and proves you innocent. Here, you are assumed to be innocent unless you're proven guilty. And so I like this a lot better, what we have over here, but we're blessed to have the government that we have. 
We sometimes don't think that way, and we get discouraged. I understand that, especially come tax writing time. My biggest is when I have to pay my taxes, uh, state, or whatever, the taxes living in Wortland uh, once a year, I have to pay those. That's the ones we have to save for to get to pay that. Like, wow, it's a lot. But when the gentleman told me that he pays $18,000 to live in New York City per year just for their house, mine doesn't seem quite so bad anymore. So there we are. For a, a podunk house in a bad neighborhood, $18,000 a year in land taxes. That is a lot to live in Brooklyn, New York. So if you have your outline there, your lesson sheet, I'll probably stray from a lot of it, but we'll get started together. We're in 120, page 120, the historical background, and then we have the early church period, period of the early church. So we have the New Testament comes on the scene, and you have the churches basically following along, but even by 100 AD, you have John writes in the Gospel of John to get people to, to trust that Jesus is the Christ. There's already schisms. And there's Gnosticism. There's all kinds of false things already being spread about. So Paul, or excuse me, John wants to take care of that. So the, the Christianity, however, quickly became illegal in many parts of the Roman Empire. At times, it was universally prohibited. Why? Because they're going to go against the Roman Empire, and there's something new. Even, even the Jews hated the Christians in many regards and did not want to hear, but they, want, they didn't want to give their power base, etc., and they've been taught all their lives, and so it was something new for them. And so the Diocletian, who was emperor up until about 303 AD, it was the bloodiest, most persecuted time for Christians ever, and it ended with him. He was the one, he thought he had annihilated Christianity, but he had not. Interestingly enough, one of the co-emperors came on the scene, and Constantine was he. So Constantine, as you know, saw the cross in the sky, supposedly, and the go forth and the sign and conquer. And so Constantine not only brought, uh, made Christianity not the byword and the persecution, he stopped persecution and made Christianity a real religion, and then he signed on for it. And matter of fact, he when they built Constantinople, you could only put Christian churches in the city but you know what he did in order to promote Christianity like this and make it the cat's meow? He required that he was the one who made all the decisions for not only the state, but also for the church. That lasted for over a thousand years. That the state and the church, for lack of a better word, were married. And so they, they worked together. And so he was, and so they would decide the church would state things, they were all working together, and so that. You know that, that big combustion problem we just talked about a few moments ago? If we decided the church and the state got together, oh, it'd be a terrible thing. It was a terrible thing. And so, but finally, by the time of the Reformation, you have people saying, I just don't agree with that so much. It was 400, 401 AD. The decision for the churches was this. You either come under, the churches sort of had, started having bishops. And so Romans said, Rome said, there's bishops over more than just your church. And so, you have to fall in line with the Roman church. We all want you to fall in line with the Roman church because we're connected with the government, and you must fall in line. And the ones that didn't fall in line, the dissenting churches became outcasts. Matter of fact, the price was put on their head. They could even be killed at certain points in time because they didn't agree with what the Roman church was teaching, etc. And so they, they just deviated from that, and they were, they were called the separatist churches. And you know what the big, big deal was this right here, this... Pado baptism. Now we know what that pado child baptism baptizing child children. That was almost the singular most important 
discriminatory or, or the, the, the thing that really got the ire of so many. Because, as you well know, Anna, we well may not know, Anna means again, so the Anabaptists rejected paedo-baptism because they believe it was baptism for believers only. So if you had been baptized by, as an infant, they baptized you again. So they were called again Baptists because they would baptize again. Now just think how that went over with the, with the people in charge. Not well at all. So 401, from 401 going on up to the Reformation, you have people who decided we don't want to be with that, we don't want to join on with that, and so people like the Donatists, the Albigenses, the Waldenses, the, uh, they, pros- they, they, pros- they were persecuted so much by the Catholic Church, but they prospered. So then we, had, we get up to the point in time where the, there were Reformation. Now who started the Reformation? Martin Luther. Does anybody even remotely remember the year? It is 15-something. October 31st, 1517. He pounded his 95 theses on the door in Wittenberg. By the way, if you ever pronounce German words, when it says W, it's a V. I remember my first year of music theory, I called Wagner, Wagner. And I still remember Mrs. the lady's name, and she laughed, and the whole... I was from Sayersville. I mean, how, who's supposed to know how to pronounce German in Sayersville? And so, that's, you know, she was a nice lady, but I remember her for one thing. I felt so embarrassed because they all laughed at me because I didn't know how to pronounce that name. And I'm sure she was a nice lady and had other good points, but live as you want to be remembered. Anyway, by the way, did you, did you happen to hear the news today? How there's another Wagner? Group, did you hear the guy that was against Putin today? Somehow his plane crashed and he's dead now. The guy that stood against Putin, who was leading the army against Putin, now he, all of a sudden he's he and nine other people lost their lives today. I'm sure that was just an accident. Isn't it strange how that things like that happen? Aren't you glad we live? Aren't you glad we live in America still? We, have, we don't have that yet. Shh. So back to where we were, back on track here. So we have the state church. So by the time you get to the Reformation, you have Martin Luther. Can you give me some more reformers? Calvin, John Calvin, Ulrich Zwingli, John Huss. So they would call those the magisterial reformers. Now, why do we call them that? Because they use the state. They embrace the state. Rather than shunning the state, they embrace the state. And they maintain their, their authority, if you would, through the state. So when Ulrich Zwingli would make a law, it was the law of the city or the law of the land because he was also not only church, he was state. So the state church were together. And they were teaching paedo-baptism. But you had other people who started... Now, this is the reformers now. Reformers, the magisterial reformers... But you had other people who are reading their Bibles now. Now, why would I say reading their Bibles now? Exactly. Very good. Cha-ching. Uh, and the Bible, was being, the Bible was being written in languages, and it was, doing, it was being translated by William Tyndale from the Hebrew and the Greek language, and it was an amazing thing, and Tyndale did so much. Who was the morning star of the Reformation? I've not mentioned his name yet. 
wrote the entire Bible out by hand, 1380, the morning star. He's like the beginning of the... John Wycliffe wrote the entire... Can you imagine writing the entire Bible by hand? Amazing. He was the morning star of the Reformation, 1380. Tyndale, etc. comes on. You have Beza, you have uh, Erasmus, etc. But, they, but they're following the church. But there have some... These, there's some Radical reformers that just don't like the and don't like the idea of baptizing infants. Why? Why would they not like that? Why do you not like it? Why do, why do we not teach pedo baptism? Foolish. <laughs> exactly. Salvation is a choice, and and babies cannot choose. And so the radical reformers, whom we know by far best as the Anabaptists, and then there was the Spiritists, and there were the Rationalists. You know nothing about the Spiritists, Spiritualists, and you, nothing, you know nothing about the Rationalists. Which, but you do know about, the, but are there Anabaptists still alive today? Now, we follow and believe many of the Anabaptist teachings, but our view of salvation is different from that. There's a lot about their salvation is by acting out on what they read in the Bible. We have some, there, I was born in an Anabaptist town in Millersburg, Ohio. So Amish, Mennonite, Huterites. The Huterites also would be called Anabaptists, although the, Mr. Huter was a, he thought he was an actual apostle. I've got a quote from him in this book. He was an actual apostle. The Huterites, this man said these words, if I can find it here real quickly, or if not, we'll just skip, we'll just skip it. We're probably going to skip it. Oh, no, I found it. This is the guy who founded the Huterite, H-U-T-T-E-R-I-T-E-S, uh, which there still are some alive today. He said this, these words about himself. Ja- his name is Jacob. Jacob, servant of God and apostle of his chosen and holy ones everywhere throughout the region of Moravia, called in mighty grace and unspeakable mercy of God, chosen and made worthy by his, by his grace and free mercy alone, without any excellence of my own, but rather by virtue of his tremendous faithfulness and generosity, who has counted me faithful and made me worthy as his servant of the new and eternal covenant, which he first instituted and concluded with Abraham and his children forever, and has now given his divine everlasting word to me and entrusted it into my keeping, verified in mighty miracles and signs done through me, whom he has set up as the custodian, shepherd, and keeper over his holy people, his chosen holy Christian church, which is the bride and marital partner, the beloved and grace-filled companion of Jesus Christ, our precious Lord, etc. So his, his apostleship was accepted by about 30,000 people at one time. that They had, they had uh, uh, 30,000 people involved in that. But uh, you had to be a part of that church to be in the true church. So back over here, how, we, how are we getting to the belief that the state and the church should not be connected? So let's say you're an Anabaptist, and the state is requiring you to be baptized to do this, to do that, and yet they're teaching erroneous things that just aren't real from the Bible speaking. So how do you respond? What do you do regarding state dictations and state declarations? You say, I'm just going to withdraw. I'm not going to serve in your military. I'm not going to get involved in politics. I'm just going to stay separate. I'm going to dress a certain way. 
I'm not going to get involved in that, so I'm going to withdraw from government because I am following the Lord. Sounds just like Amish people today. You have to understand, why did they get that? Because they had an oppressive government that was married to the church, and the church was being dictatorial and telling them all these different things, and they were having to do these things they don't believe in any longer, and they broke, that's why it's, So where do we get reformed theology from the Reformation? They rejected all the reformed theology, some of it, but especially the idea of church, state, and baptism for infants. Now, I will have to tell you that a lot of them gave their lives, the early ones, gave their lives simply because they wouldn't recant or they believed that babies should not be baptized. The one guy who was head of the, uh, it's in your book here. His name was, on the next page, I believe it is, um, it's in here somewhere. Mance, was it Mance? Is Mance or one of the two? Middle of 121. Anyway, uh, he was, at at the very end, he was tried. He stood before the court and would not recant. So what? for believing what we would believe. Very similar. And they took him out. They got hot tongs. They cut, off his t- cut out his tongue first, took the tongs and pulled two pieces off him or something like that. And then they threw him on a wagon and pulled more with his hot tongs, pulled flesh out, and then they burned him. All because he stood for what you and I sitting in this auditorium, would be, for the most part, believe the same thing. We believe, and we do it freely. So you, you see why now the, the well, Menno Simons. Who, who's, who's, where do we get, who's Menno Simons the beginner of? Mennonites. There are 40 different groups of Mennonites in America today. They're not all believe the same thing. Then you have about 1639, over in another part, European country, Jacob Almond, who was a Mennonite, the Mennonites got too liberal. So they weren't doing, they weren't doing the uh, excommunicating from the church. That's a big thing for them, too, was because if you're going to walk away, if you're not going to live right, then you shouldn't be a part of the church family. So you well know the Amish are very famous for excommunication, and it is called shunning. Thank you, yes, shunning. So he says they weren't shunning. So he started his own group, Jacob Amon, the Amish. He was the starting of the Amish people. Basically, the Mennonites today and the Amish, there's about 11, 11 to 14 degrees of Amish, about 6 to 7 degrees of Mennonite. From what I understand, Mennonites, you can drive vehicles and use electricity, and they will be involved in government. You don't, they're not quite so standoffish, and they can also don't have to wear certain clothing. Some Mennonite groups will allow you to wear regular clothing. Some you have to wear more conservative ones. The Amish wear conservative clothing so they don't stand. You know, they do stand out, but no, but they don't anything fleshly. They're walking with the Lord. That's their mindset. So that is why I know we get we're critical. I'm not saying your your decision. I'm not asking what you decide on that. But this is why the Amish are so set apart from the government. Because when they started, the government was very hard. It was the government and church wedded together. And that became a problem for them. 
So we're on, on next page, find on page 120, you have the Anabaptists. By the way, Anabaptists is not a denomination. So how do we get, how do we get to, I, I know I'm, 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 not, I'm straying from the book, but where do we get this term, Baptists? Well, this was the European, uh, this is the, like the, from the Swiss brethren, this, this first Anabaptist, comes over to England about 100 years later. Some of it would say because of uh, political change, but also was change in theology, etc. And so the people who believe the Anabaptists, by the time we got to England, they dropped the Anna. And so we have the Baptists coming over. A basic synopsis of that. And so they come to America, etc., and they have the same, uh, they also get persecuted. By the way, Baptists have been persecuted in our own land for, you should read this day in Baptist history, there's at least three volumes. One, one for, well, devotional for every day of the year, three books like that. And they were persecuted a lot. And so we find these, these Anabaptists, so much jail, so much torture. So much killing of the guy that was burnt with the tongs. Two days later, they took his wife and drowned her. Because she believed, just because she believed what we believe in the Bible. The only variation I've found is, is, the, is, is the actual trust in Christ as personal Savior. There are a lot more works-based that they're going to work their way as they, as they serve the Lord. They're, just because... Isn't that amazing? I, I just, it just strikes me that how we have, we have, we are so, the fruits of what other people have done, we are enjoying those, if you would, today, or have the privilege of worshiping freely. Any thoughts? Questions? Questions? Thoughts? Spiritualists were, they started wavering. Spiritualists would say they were it's not so much, a lot of them would even reject the Bible as from God. It's what's on your inside. That that you take inside you is more important. What God speaks to you, to you internally, is even more important than the written word of God. So they were spiritualists. And even worse, when you get to the rationalists, they were further. So all of the radical reformers were not Anabaptists. The Anabaptists are, yes, we have a very similar doctrine. The spiritualists, we would call them heretical. And we would call the rationalists heretical. But the Anabaptists were very similar to what we, have to, we would believe today. I have not seen that one. Yes? Uh-huh. Oh, he, 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 he... Uh-huh. Really? Wow. People are looking for everywhere, but they want something other than God. Isn't it amazing how they look to anything other than God? If you just give me something to follow, I'll follow, but I just don't want to follow God. Some Amish do have signals on their buggies now, just having been over there a couple weeks ago. They actually have left and right turn signals now on their buggies. And so you can... If you, if you, before you run them over. Self-preservation, that would be true. Uh, we will finish up, Lord willing, next time. If you have, uh, but this, I, I, just, I wanted to lay the foundation of why we have... We believe the church is one and the, and, and, and the government is another and they should not be wed. There is a direct... We support, we pray for the government, and we get involved in the government, but the government and church should not be wed because it always turns out badly for the people. It turns out badly. Let us pray. Lord, I'm thankful for the heritage we have in America. I thank you for the many people who gave their lives that the, uh, for the faith that we now enjoy and believe in. And even here in America, many Baptists lost their lives uh, for the sharing of the truth of the freedom 
They were so instrumental in our, in our Constitution, in our Bill of Rights, in state's legislature that gave us freedom we have today. We're maybe not lose that. May we cherish that. Be with us now as we go our separate ways. Keep us safe. And Lord, may we be about your business. May we read your book between now and Sunday. And Lord, bless us to have a great Sunday because of you this coming Sunday. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.